At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, how is your first day of lockdown number three going? I feel like I'm in a a hooskow. A hooskow. A hooskow. Hmm. That's a strange word. Well, you know, it's it's really just another word for prison. And not that I have ever considered like the lock in or lockdown or what are they? Stay a la maison part three. Um a prison of some sorts, but this time around just kind of feels like we should have known better by now. So um, I usually don't drink during the episode at all or anything other than water, but I did acquire a bottle of the uh, Terra Mana of tequila, which is uh, made or owned by uh, one Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Appropriate. Given so I'm, I'm going to crack this open. If we were actually in the same room together, we'd, we'd share the first little bit. But I'm going to crack this open and uh, toast to lockdown number three. I'm looking but, forward uh, to hearing the tasting notes. Oh, for sure. I, I, I'm like the worst person to, to ask to try this because I, 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 I'm like, I just know what I like and I can't do a good job describing it. But uh, yeah, lockdown number three in Toronto. Um what about you, Curse? How are you celebrating it? I'm going to celebrate by having this little shot of tequila neat in my uh, Final Fantasy uh, menu tumbler. Yeah, that's a that's a great tumbler. Brings back some uh, some great memories of, uh, of Cecil the Dark Knight turned paladin. Okay, some of his other <laughs> Cain but- the Dragoon, some of his other cronies. Um, yeah, I don't know. I had the windows open at work today, so that was nice. You mean uh, by by work? You mean your basement or your office? <laughs> the main the main floor. <laughs> I've, I've got a new setup on the main floor, which is nice now because when I have like meetings and stuff on Zoom, um, it kind of looks a lot more professional. Before I was uh, I was upstairs in an office that also doubles as my wife's closet, so you know it just kind of looks like I'm working in a closet in a big walk in closet. So this actually looks like I live in a house. Okay, that's all right. Yeah. Okay, here we go. It's it's got a it's got a nice nice bouquet to it. At least I I I don't drink tequila, so I can't tell if this is any good or not. So here we go. Here's to you. Cheers. Where's the salt and the lime? I know you don't do that with good tequila. You know, it's not bad. It's very smooth. It's not harsh. But yeah, it's definitely not one of those um, byword market. Uh, <laughs> what, what was that old place called? Um, there was um, Spodiotis. Friends and Company. Spodiotis or... Uh, Spodiotis. <laughs> uh, or uh, Stony Mondays. Stony Mondays, Hands. Yeah, definitely not your, uh, your shooting one. I, no. I, I, can, I can see, I can see, you know, obviously there's people on Instagram that are going gaga over it, but I I can see it. How much do you think the Final Fantasy glass helps? Oh, loads. Especially yeah. when it's constantly um, indicating attack. 
<laughs> but I love the options back then for Final Fantasy, right? It was like attack, magic, summon, item, or run. Yeah, I was I was selecting run way more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> Uh, but you were mentioning, uh, oh, well, you know, being uh, WrestleMania weekend or WrestleMania week. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, they had their Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, so of their celebrity branch, they inducted uh, William Shatner. Okay. Uh, who else did they induct? Um who looks good for 90, by the way. Oh, 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 God, yeah. I, I didn't even realize he was 90. <laughs> uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, solid. <laughs> uh, I, I think there was a third, but I was just like, uh, forget it. it you know, I, I don't even understand. I guess it's like their versions of the Oscars, I guess, right? Yeah. Because it was a feud. I, I guess I never, I, I guess it was a time just before the Attitude Era where Shatner came on. There was a feud between him and the king. That was like that was the the deal. Really, I I, I think so. That, that that seems like a good that seems like a good matchup actually. But um, yeah, so WrestleMania weekend. I checked out the card. It looks a bit lackluster, and I have been watching SmackDown leading up to it, and I think they were still kind of rushed. But the interesting thing about this one, it will be in front of a crowd. So they're going back to Raymond James stadium in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so there will be people in attendance. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Not well, like I mean, that rain, not like that Rangers game earlier this week. with yeah, the Jays. <laughs> almost 40,000 people. Oh my God. Lose to the blue Jays. <laughs> I, I, when I saw first, I had, I thought, Oh, this must be like an old, like stock footage uh game and and i was like shocked to hear no this game is happening right now and i was just like whoa everyone's maskless you know yeah. uh but you know at least out there outside whatever but yeah outside does make it a bit uh a bit better i guess but it was just i don't know i just don't think that if if i was going to spend all my covid points it would be on 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 a regular season baseball game especially like an opener it was yeah. it, it was the opener right it was the uh or is yeah, it an exhibition uh, exhibition it was it was their hmm. it was their home opener it wasn't the home season opener. opener it was their home opener oh in their new stadium i guess they hadn't um been able to have fans in that stadium i think it opened last year when there was no fans at all uh allowed in in the stadium so they said well why not just jam it full you know who <laughs> Damn, damn the consequences yeah oh mike it, it it i think i was saying to you before that we're all gonna have some form of ptsd after this and i think that's going to be mine which is like being around like large large groups especially like that like at a game or uh i think we we're saying going to like fan expo i think that's gonna be hard to uh to deal with and uh what Maybe about at first. what about taste of the danforth Oh, taste of the Danforth. See, I see. I I know you where you're leading with the story, but I I do enjoy Taste of the Danforth. So why don't you explain the story about how Taste of the Danforth came up? Yeah. Well, first of all, as a as a as a Danforth resident, I I don't I refuse to line up for Souvlaki. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> Taste of the Dead. So, okay. So, so the reason we t- we're talking about Taste of the Dead for this is because my wife at her architecture firm, they decided um, that as a, they, they like to do sort of like fun activities once a week. So this, this, this week they made a NCAA March Madness bracket style head to head competition between things that people miss the most in the lockdowns. So one of the first round matches, I I thought to me, this is an upset to me. This is a 16 beating a one. It was taste of the Danforth versus Tiff. Maybe I'm a bit biased because I've been to Tiff. Like I I usually go to a few movies when it, when it, uh, you know, when you, when, when you can, Um, you know, and, and, and Heather and I really, really enjoy the whole atmosphere Mm. and taste of the Danforth beat Tiff in the, in the first round, then went on to defeat haircuts in the second round before finally losing out in a narrow vote to seeing your family. <laughs> like it is not that good. Well, you know, Tiff, Tiff versus taste of the Danforth Tiff. They're, they're both kind of the same international known. Well, maybe obviously Tiff being a bit more international known, but I don't know. People, people do probably trek to taste of the Danforth, but, Maybe one's more of the people versus Tiff is a very, uh, you know, uh, like a literati uh, elite type of type of thing that you go to. But I, I I totally get you. But now here, let me in in defense of Taste of Danforth, I do have a fun time. Now I don't recommend going on the Saturday or the Sunday because that's like banana nuts busy. Uh, but. Uh, I go on Fridays for dinner and it's a nice evening walk. Sure. You're right. It's just souvlaki, but I try to find other things that are, I can't normally get. So usually I try to find like quail or some other crazy contraption that they're making uh, giant watermelons. But um, I do make that trek right to the end where, or near the end at Pape where they have that collectible store. And I inevitably always wind up buying something uh, from that guy. So I don't know. I, I, I enjoy Taste of Danforth, but you know, I'm, I'm glad it at least didn't go all the way. I would have been more, I would have been more surprised if it went all the way. So what was the final two then? So the final two were, first of all, I just want to say you'll never see Scarlett Johansson at Taste of the Danforth, but you might see her at TIFF. That was uh, that's true. my, that's my, my last argument on that one. Okay. But, uh, but uh, the final two, so the well, so the final four was seeing your family, uh, live music, uh, travel or f- flying away. It says, but it's it's I guess traveling and meeting up for uh, for beers on a on a patio or in a bar. So that was yeah. the final four, and then they couldn't decide between seeing your family and flying somewhere or traveling. So they combine them, and the winner is flying away to see your family. So I guess if you've got uh, relatives and you know that that's 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 pretty good. It was like a, a really nice sent, uh, sentimental ending to that bracket. I I I I was I guess I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought there would be like something like seeing your family and then something ridiculous, right? Like, um. Uh, Going, yeah, like going to some concert or something like that. Yeah, or gyms, gyms, uh, gyms. You know. Oh yeah, or haircut, haircut, or, or haircut. see your family. Yeah. yeah, 
I guess depending on how you know, how well your your relationship with your family is, I guess. The uh the they they put a bunch of sports teams in there and the uh the the Leafs beat the Raptors and the Jays and then lost out to travel in the in the uh, Elite Eight portions. So so Curtis, what what would you your uh kind of top two? What would your final two be if if of things you missed uh, during the pandemic? Um, I mean, like I, I do, I do miss not being able to socialize as much for sure. Like, you know, I've been, you know, sort of lucky because I guess when it was kind of nice in the summer, like I, I, like my parents would come, come by for, for like backyard hangouts or my friends would come by for backyard hangouts sometimes, but it's just not, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it takes extra coordination and you're limited in what you can do. So I'd like to see, I'd like to be able to, you know, see friends and family more for sure. And then the other thing for me, I guess would be, I do miss going to Raptors games. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you also pay for season's tickets. So I am a season's ticket holder <laughs> and I'd like to be able to use those tickets again. No, I, I, I no, I, I, I get you. No, I, you're right. Kind of seeing people. I think I was thinking to myself, like one of the top things would be kind of like eating out, but I, I wouldn't like eat out by myself. It would be usually be a social thing. So I guess it's similar mm-hmm. to, you know, getting beers or whatnot, or, or even like yourself and I, we would normally meet and do something like this at the Watu, which we haven't yet <laughs> been able to go, even though they have takeout, we might have to just kind of get takeout individually and just kind of do the show with it <laughs> unlike me sitting here drinking tequila while we're doing the show but um yeah yeah well because but, like larry, larry and i both have birthdays in in january so we usually like combine the two festive occasions and and get uh there's a a uh, a restaurant in particular we like called the watu and i think it's it's mostly the spicy squid it's mostly the spicy squid yeah. other other than that the chinese food is quite mediocre <laughs> um I mentioned at the top of the um, uh, at the opener about character, so I thought it'd be fun to do our Qui Gon Jin test part two with you, Curtis, uh, before we head to the headlines. Oh, I'm game. Uh, so, so just uh, just as a recap of the the task, uh, I want you to describe a Star Wars character or the Star Wars character I'm going to name without saying what they look like what costume they wore or what their profession or basically role in the movie was. So effectively what I want you to do is describe this character to someone who's never seen star Wars before, or maybe to your English teacher, if you're trying to do a uh, star Wars uh, character report. Okay. So you ready? Remember the rules? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm going to pick a character from a new hope and I'm going to pick a character from Phantom Menace. Okay. So the New Hope character I want you to describe is C-3PO. So C-3PO, he provides comic relief. Uh, uh, He has encyclopedic knowledge, um, doesn't often have the right context of when to use it. He's kind of like fussy. He's a little bit of a little bit little bit bit of the sort of like english bus, butler sort of sort of guy he gets bossed around a lot um he he's 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 got a best friend who's sort of like his foil um he uh 
he's 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 a he's a polyglot um he's uh yeah well uh, what else no very good well we'll just leave it at that i I was going to give you about a minute to describe him anyways okay very good now i want you to describe this phantom menace character padme amidala uh she is um pleasant in a sort of mundane way uh she is a 15 seconds she she's she's uh i can't say she's that um she's uh she 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 can fight um she also likes to argue about the tyranny. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a trick question because she has no character. <laughs> when, oh, she's okay. rolling, when she's rolling down the hill with Anakin, I guess that we're just talking about Phantom Menace. So That's right. Padme, so yeah. Because it's very important and people have to understand because New Hope was the first time you meet 3PO and you described him, you know, Perfectly. If someone was trying to understand, well, what's what's this three PO's character in the whole in this whole story, or where does he fit in? With Phantom Menace, it was also the first time you meet this whole slew of characters, right? So you got to establish the character, and you couldn't describe Padme Amidala. I'm just glad you didn't give me Captain Panaka. Or I would have been really screwed. No, no, I wouldn't give you like a B or C level character. That would be like saying, <laughs> you know, compare. Uh, Aunt Peru with, <laughs> with Captain Panaka. <laughs> All right, let's head to the headlines. Um, so this first one is kind of a, a sad story. I don't know if it's as a result of the pandemic. Probably not. I think it's just time for it to just be sunsetted, which is Yahoo Answers will be shut down forever on May 4th, which happens to be Star Wars Day. The end of a long and storied internet era of bad questions and even worse answers. Yep. Uh, I didn't know it was still around. Um, <laughs> if you if you go to the if you go to the website before it before it closes down, um, you still got some time. Prepare to um, not have much uh, faith in humanity afterwards. <laughs> no, 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 I have to describe. So uh, Yahoo Answers is basically like a, it's, it's a forum, right? Like that, is that probably the best way of describing it? Well, yeah, I guess, I guess you can put up any question that you want and then people, if they're so inclined, can, uh, can answer. And there does appear to be a leaderboard as well. So I don't know if you get points for, various various answers or i don't know how that works but uh the the questions as you could imagine in in this day and age tend to be very sort of either either politically pointed uh or sometimes pornographic or you know there's just nothing generally is is the question that nobody asked so so what 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 did you what did you ask and did you find an answer oh i haven't asked anything yet uh I, I still maybe, think you should ask this should, one. Let's ask. Let's ask something right now. I'm going to ask, who is stronger, the Hulk or the Thing?
And everybody knows it's the Hulk. But I am looking forward to getting some very snarky responses. I don't even know why that's a thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, those two characters. But, you know, sure. The Incredible Hulk versus uh, good old Ben. According to the... um to the to the uh marvel superheroes role-playing game from tsr the uh the hulk has uh i think the, the thing had monstrous strength and the hulk had unearthly strength that would that depending on his level of rage could go into the class 1000 category so if you're going by that then the hulk is stronger <laughs> well, uh, like I said, Yahoo Answers being sunsetted after launching in 2005. I couldn't even tell you if I ever even attempted to use it, but I was like yourself, really? It was still alive? Like, I thought it died with, like, Ask Jeeves. Do you yeah, remember that I one? I, yeah, Ask Jeeves. I remember Ask Jeeves. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it until today so in probably... 15 years or something like that. <laughs> well, but, something but else yeah. that people haven't thought about in 15 years kind of leads into our next headline. Another Toronto headline. Because I've been trying to find more local stories because ridiculous things also happen in our city, not just in Florida. Toronto Food Bank takes to social media after receiving donations that expired more than 20 years ago. Yeah. So... In this article, they have this picture of this of of one of them. I think they posted it to Instagram. It's this box of no name honey graham crumbs. First, why would you think anyone at a food bank would require honey graham crumbs? But the whole point of this is that honey graham crumbs. I guess there's an expiry date. If it's you know, I guess it's dry good. Um, it it had expired 21 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so sure. they had to actually take to social media telling people, uh, yeah, don't do this. Thanks, yeah. but no thanks. Don't do this. Yeah, it's a pretty crappy thing to do. If you're cleaning out your pantry, then just throw stuff out. Don't put, don't, don't put it off to a food bank. You know, sometimes you go into, like into uh, the supermarket, like say so you go into Sobeys and you, you look at what people have deigned to put into the food bank. And it's like old El Paso you know, taco sauce mix, like just the powdered, powdered, powdered mix that you stir into the, uh, stir into the ground beef when you're making, like, yeah, it's just not, it's, 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 it's not a joke. You know, <laughs> like if you're well, it's donate something, donate something worthwhile. Well, it, it's also one of those things where you were just saying, Oh, cleaning out the pantry. I'm like, I, I disagree, Curtis. These are people clearing out their like nuclear bomb shelter who if you have things that are 20 years old in your pantry you have other issues so here's another example that of something that donated um was someone donated a can of campbell's beef broth sure can good mm-hmm. that's 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 decent with a listed expiry date of may 2000 mm-hmm. yep world was a lot different back then when beef broth was uh, unnecessary or you forgot to use that beef broth when you're making your gravy or something. Well, I think like COBOL programmers are still employed. Uh, was, was the, even the first Xbox uh, issued out yet? Uh, the first Xbox. Mm, <laughs> or were we still playing uh, PS one by then? 
Uh, the first, oh, that's a good that's first good. Xbox would have been around then. Okay. Uh, uh, to... Well, what else happened? You know, it's obviously the the you know the Y two K was still a, a thing, right? This is only May, so I'm sure people were freaking out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y2K, but uh, I mean, a, whole, a whole bunch of people using long dead programming languages uh, <laughs> made a killing for like half a year. Well, just just remember, folks in Toronto, the food bank wants your donations, but don't clear out your bomb shelter of or or your apocalypse shelter uh, of stuff that you no longer need. You know, I bet this will happen in the next uh, few years as all those people that were hoarding stuff as a result of last year's lockdown start realizing they didn't need all those cans of Chef Boyardee. Yeah. And like, as long as it's not expired, that Chef Boyardee would be a fine donation. But like, you know. What was the last yeah. time you had Chef Boyardee? Uh, product. Chef, Chef Boyardee. I, I've, had, I've had Chef Boyardee adjacent products recently. What's um, an adjacent product? We had... Uh, a can of Spider-Man pasta, uh, which is which is you know Chef Boyardee-esque pasta in a tin. It had fun Spider-Man shapes. Do I dare uh, ask why you decided to crack that open? Or I don't even remember why we had it, um, but yeah, Heather and I ate it, and uh, because sometimes Heather and I will have like craft dinner and stuff like that, and I still think craft dinner, you know. We don't have it often, but I th- I still think it stands as a good comfort food lunch every now and then. But this this stuff w- was just kind of trash. But I don't I can't remember how we ended up with the can. But <laughs> that's the closest thing I've had to like the Chef Boyardee in it. In a while. I guess it's closer to like uh, SpaghettiOs than Chef Boyardee. But I'd love to ask someone who's Italian and and find if they find that caricature insulting. Chef Boyardee. Chef Boyardee and the fact that he makes things like beefaroni. Um, yeah, maybe. You I know, don't know, is it is it, is it the is he is he the Aunt Jemima of uh the Italian culinary? I don't know, like are, are Italians are Italians offended by Mario? Uh good question. Plumber? <laughs> Stereotypical New York. Actually, it's, I don't even know what kind of accent he mario really has it's like this i guess what the japanese believe as the italian accent right yeah i think i guess so yeah i guess now like he's just such a such a icon that you know he's sort of transcended that that sort of uh well he's not italian yeah there's no ethnicity to mario right i guess at this point yeah well at least we we don't think (laughs) oh okay so um actually your your talk about Chef Boyardee, I want to skip one story and head to this one specifically. And this has to do with a shortage that's happening in the States right now. And this is, the headline is, ketchup manufacturers say Canada in the clear as shortage grips U.S. So apparently, I guess there's a, uh, a, a shortage of ketchup um, due to the surge in demand for ketchup packets driven by the accelerated delivery and takeout trends. Yeah, so, it's it's weird because it seems to be packet. It seems like bottled ketchup isn't an, isn't a problem, but it, uh, the, the the ketchup packets are, are the issue, mm-hmm. it, like exclusively. It is kind of weird. It, and, and there's no expiry date on those packets. So you got to wonder how old some of those packets are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we we at 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 our newsroom, 
Um, I, th- I think it it's been mercifully thrown out since, but I think we acquire we like like you know because like you know when when you're when you're working in the newsroom and you're working like a night shift, you're not really that health conscious. So we're all constantly going to Taco Bell, Burger King, Wendy's, whatever, and you just accrue all these condiment packages. And for whatever reason, you think I didn't use it this time, but maybe I'll use it next time. So it just went into a big uh, uh, galvanized tin bucket. And I think it was probably, and I'm I'm no hyperbole, about a decade's worth of accumulating taco sauce, ketchup packets, tartar sauce, until somebody finally threw it all out. It was probably it was probably going to become a a, a chemical bomb of some kind. Yeah, I think so. That 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 definitely someone could have uh, charged you with something in the Geneva Convention for <laughs> unleashing that. <laughs> I think um, so. But it's interesting because uh, there's no shortage of that in Canada. So could you imagine the 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 look on this uh, spokesperson's face when the news person comes up and asks? So uh, the answer was there was. There has been definitely a surge in demand for ketchup packets in Canada, driven by accelerated delivery and takeout trends related to the pandemic, but there is currently no shortage. We continue to work with our food service operators to ensure that our orders are filled in a timely way. Uh, why is this even a an important story? Like I I, I know this week's been. Uh, like, I think you you quoted. I'm quoting you like a slow drip of bad news. Uh, why even write the story about the shortage of ketchup in in the states? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it. I mean, there are some people who who certainly will be affected by this. Like when I when I worked at uh, I, I worked at McDonald's as a as a uh, as a teenager, and the awesome one year of my life and uh they had a policy where you could give this is back when they had like the small fries and the little white bags and then there was only two sizes and there was the large fry in the uh in what is now the standard sort of uh, red cardboard box and uh you were allowed to give out one ketchup packet for small fries and two for a large fries oh there was actually a formula there was a formula and and sometimes some of the managers were very strict on it, but you caught so much guff from the customers. Always wanting, always wanting more ketchup, always wanting more ketchup that you just, you just gave you, I would just give it out by the handfuls just to avoid confrontation. You know, confrontation. Yeah. Well, come on one packet like that. That's like nothing that's that you could, you can maybe, you know, put that onto like a, the end, the end of a bread knife and smear it onto your sandwich or whatever, yeah. but it was, it was, it was, it was a pretty stingy amount. I remember. Yeah. And then eventually they just did away with it and they just had put, put a ketchup dispenser out in the, you know, in the lobby and you can just, you could just go buck wild. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so our, worth it. yeah. So our last, uh, food story of this week is, um, the headline reads, Twizzlers launching mystery flavor. So this is a follow up to our uh, Pibs, right? Uh, or the Peeps, Pepsi, the Peeps, Pepsi? Peeps, Peeps, Pepsi thing. So uh, apparently everyone loves a mystery, Curtis. And now Twizzlers is launching one of their own. The candy brand is launching a limited edition Twizzlers flavor that is a mystery. But how long can it be a mystery for? Like I yeah. have no idea, but I. 
I was telling you at the offline, like who would who would want to consume anything that is a mystery? Like that one of those things that you don't want to be a, a mystery. Like I, I can't see it being a pleasant surprise. It's Twizzlers. Like let, let's let's break it down first. What is Twizzlers exactly? It's not licorice, right? Like it, it's not a it's licorice and Twizzlers are not the same. No, it's 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 a it's a can it's like a strawberry flavored candy that's you know like <laughs> licorice, remi- licorice to me has is like has that like anise taste and you know that. Yeah. Twizzlers just reminds me of uh like electrical cable housing. In taste and consistency. Taste and consistency and and and, and resiliency and and, and <laughs> so their their tweet here they have a tweet here of, of this mystery flavor so it it looks the same so it has that reddish color a secret flavor how mysterious uh you know secret spy emoji try our fair first ever Twizzlers twist mystery flavor coming this spring tell us tell us can you guess the mystery flavor. Low-fat snack, Curtis. <laughs> it's Twizzlers. Like, it's plastic. Of course it's going to be low-fat. What, <laughs> what is it going to be like? Is it going to be like grape? Like, I, I can't see it being anything too exotic. Oh, like, my God. Like, Talk. So, so here, here, this is, this, this is why what, if we ever hire a brand manager, we, we need someone with this type of, of foresight. For centuries, Curtis, humans have been intrigued by unsolved mysteries. Bigfoot. Loch Ness, El Chupacabra. Hey, guess what? None of those I eat. <laughs> You've never had Chupacabra flank? Is it any good? Oh, man. Well, it depends on the sauce. It really takes on the properties <laughs> of the sauce that you use. Oh, but, I, but like this just goes like people just there are there is that segment of society that just eats this kind of stuff up like it's the same when you go into the subway and they'll be advertising like have you ever seen those adver- advertisements for I think it's called Takis and they have like this blue flavor of Takis and it just shows like it'll just show a guy and he'll have like seven pens in his mouth and the pens will all be exploding there'll be blue all over his face it'll be like don't eat the blue talkies and i guess that's the thing is like when you eat them you get the blue all over your mouth and you know all over your tongue and stuff and then they've got these ads that seems like the last thing you'd want to do is eat the blue talkies and these ads are made to sell blue talkies and they must sell (laughs) blue talkies with these ads because the product still exists i don't get it that's that's the talkies like a chip right it's like a chip yeah and it's blue. It's blue. So just and because it looks like you get blue all over your mouth. So so basically, it's like a dare. Like I dare you to eat this. Yeah. So this is this is also kind of like a dare. Like what is this flavor? It could be. It could be. It could be cotton candy. It could be liver and onions. It could you be. Gotta... Uh, it could be chupacabra f- <laughs> uh, flank, as you said. Yeah, chupacabra flank. You won't know until you try it. Are you gonna? Are you gonna be? Mm. Are, do you do you have the cajones to try the mystery flavor of Twizzlers? I don't. Really, no, no thanks. Hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. Though I have been uh, going to 
uh, well, before the lockdown, uh, the odd convenience store, hoping to find the chocolate-free Reese that we talked about a few episodes back. <laughs> yeah. I'm still, my quest for that is still, see, I found the Rocks Tequila, which was, by the way, the last bottle on the shelf. So it's it must be selling well. People are curious. Um, on to uh, second last headline. This one, I don't need to talk any further. Really, it's it comes back to my anger towards fanboys and them ruining Star Wars. But uh, headline is, Star Wars comic will reveal Darth Vader's backstory with Han Solo. Now, excuse me, Curtis, while I bang my head on my table, because, <laughs> oh, why is this needed? Think, why do people I, I feel that there's like this need was... for backstories for characters that are already well-defined and don't need to be tied into each other any further <laughs> and, and you know i think this this is an also an example of what's holding back star wars i think yeah i i i, th- I think i know what you're saying it's like his like han solo's history with darth vader was adequately covered in the in in, in the original trilogy it's like you know he was uh he he had no backstory with with Darth Vader, but he but you know he was uh, you know eventually he had to come into co- to contact with him, and then he was used as bait, and that's pretty much the only thing between those two specific characters. Like obviously their factions had had a lot of uh, you know like Han Solo had a lot of um, had a lot of uh, interactions with uh, Darth Vader's henchmen and stuff, but you right. know, Darth Vader was 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 the was the was you know obviously Luke's adversary for many reasons, and Han Solo you know was more the he did more the grunt work and the the piloting and stuff, so, so he didn't really run in the same circles. So uh, I I did read into the article a bit, and this is where it, it kind of makes sense because the person who watched the original trilogy didn't really. I don't even want to say get it, but didn't really follow any of the details. So the quote from, I guess this would have been the writer of the story. In Empire Strikes Back, Vader very famously arrives at Cloud City just before Leia, Han, and Chewbacca. No doubt knowing that Lando Calrissian and Solo used to be close. He did his homework. (laughs) He went on like whatever version of Facebook they had. (laughs) that's all the tag photos yeah together Ooh, (laughs) i can use this to my advantage it's like okay oh no you forget it was boba fett followed him out of the trash yeah that's right you know otherwise otherwise they would not have vader would not have rewarded boba fett if 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 vader knew where to go anyways that's right and like, like, what is it? Like, we've seen Han Solo's backstory in the in the in the the Solo, the young Han Solo movie that they did. There's not really room for him to have a past with Darth Vader. I mean, I'm sure that the past will be negligible anyway in the comic. Like, you know, he'll he'll have heard of him, or I can't, I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but. Um, but yeah, like I just yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that uh I think I think I think you've said this before. Uh there's a lot of the universe left 
unexplored right now in in Star Wars. And there's no need to tie everything into like the the like seven or eight characters, which is what they seem to always want to do. It's uh, it's going to keep holding them back, and um, I I weep for the future. All right, so uh, one more story, and this is our Guinness Genius. Um, this guy is kind of going to make his money back somewhere along the way, but it just seems like an odd thing to do, or why it would be a world record. I guess all of the ones that we bring up is like, why is this a world record? Man's collection of 7,095 Funko Pop figurines earns Guinness record. So these are these... um. Uh, plastic, large head, kind of cartoony, cutesy, um, uh, like kind of interpretations of famous characters from everything from gaming to uh, movies, comic books, sports, uh, you name it. Funko is basically probably has done the greatest job of any toy maker of doing figuring out some type of licensing deal for all of these things. Because yep, they seem to have a pop anywhere, for everything. You can get anybody from like Freddy You and Kruger I were talking that, you know, I, to, I've got uh, quite a few. To, to I've got Blanche a... Blanche Devereaux. Sorry? You can get anyone from Freddy Krueger to, to Blanche Devereaux. <laughs> oh, Golden. Had, they had all the Golden, Golden, Golden Girls. Yeah, yeah, they of course, those would be famous ones. But yeah, he was averaging, I guess, about 20. He's buying about 20 or 30 a week. So I guess he said he's still growing. So he's got about, he's going to probably hit 8,000 soon. I go out every Saturday looking for my pops. If I miss a Saturday, I it it won't be there the next. So that's usually how it works. I wonder how many is. I wonder which ones he's missing. Like you're, you're kind of. I mean, it would be easier to list the ones he doesn't have. Obviously, but <laughs> maybe that should be the Guinness Book of World <laughs> Records. I don't have these ones. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those things where why is why would it be a record for someone just buying stuff like it, it's how is that an achievement i guess because the other guinness book world records is usually someone creating someone or doing some kind of you know inhuman feat mm-hmm. um it, it's like saying you know i like this guy's basically he's being rewarded with a guinness book of world records for being a hoarder yeah like, like the guy that you see on on that TLC show, Hoarders, you're not giving him a Guinness Book of World Records for holding the most used newspapers. Well, do, do they have? I I don't know because I'm, I'm not sh- like most of the records that I've that I'm kind of you know familiar with are like the athletic records or or stuff like that. But do they have hmm. records for like most expensive collection of of like? collectible spoons and like are those actual i i, I don't oh, I'm know sure. exactly what qualifies anymore i'm sure someone has some world record holding the largest faberge egg collection <laughs> uh, but you're right it just seems to be like your achievement is a singular is is like a singular stream for your disposable income like that's that's that that's basically you're you're a record for having like ha- having like very Stuff. very laser like focus on one product with your with your discretionary like income that doesn't seem like anything 
that that much you know sort of like the guy who saw like endgame a bunch of times like these are yeah well i'll I'll give him that you know purely for endurance yeah (laughs) and and resiliency (laughs) but this guy who says oh i'm gonna go out and buy a pop every saturday go out and buy 10 or 20 of them or whatever okay go ahead at 10 or 20 at what 12 bucks a pop sure spend your a couple hundred bucks yeah you know each week i'm not i'm in no way uh casting any aspersions on collecting the the funko pops as a hobby or anything like that and i think it kind of looks pretty cool to have them all but like i just don't think that it's something that 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 should be celebrated as a as a record-breaking feat Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, definitely not picking on Funko Pops because I own quite a few myself. But I'm. It's just why would you do a record? Yes, for someone who's just buying stuff. Yeah, like he, it could be no different than the guy, or maybe if if I had unlimited funds, Curtis, and, and we wanted to make the book of world records, I would go out and buy as many Twizzlers mystery flavor packages when they get released. Yeah, you could that, set a that, record. I'm gonna set a record, or. I'm going to go to that, get that food bank. Uh, uh, I'll go to the Toronto food bank and said, I'll take all your expired donated food. So maybe I'll have the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest expired food collection. You, you should you should see if that, what that record is at right now. And it may be one of those vulnerable records that can be beaten. Yeah, but then I'd probably catch some kind of weird disease by having yeah. all that expired food hanging around my house. Yeah. All right, there goes the headlines. Out the window they go. Uh, episode another three. Week. Yeah, another another banner week for the headlines. <laughs> but uh, another banner week for this TV show, Falcon and Winter Soldier, episode three. There's the big uh, jailbreak of Baron Zemo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like this episode as well. I think um, it, it had a an interesting take on it. I know you have a comment about it, but I I want to kind of bring out the uh, cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven <laughs> um, scene where Baron and Baron leads the guys to you know po- a possible source of uh, the super soldier serum, and, and just that whole scene where they go into the bar and they make this crazy. What was it like a snake bladder drink? Yeah, for uh, for Sam, and it just yeah, everything right. about it, <laughs> like the music, the lighting, the 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 unexplicitly wet streets. <laughs> <laughs> it just had that. Oh my god, I'm I'm playing I'm playing uh, cyberpunk now. Let's hope the movie doesn't glitch out. And that that is uh, that was also the the Marvel Cinematic Universe debut of Madripoor, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which uh, which 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 uh, is a is 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 like a, it's a it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. So it was uh, it's also very very uh, very sci- it's always been kind of a bit cyberpunky in that sort of way. Yeah. Um, one. One thing that came out throughout the episode I noticed was the, uh, I'll call it the, um, the, the, the wrestling swerves. Like they kept teasing weird things, which, uh, first one, uh, they're, they're in care. They're supposed to be in character. So Bucky is pretending to be under Baron's control as the winter soldier. And 
you see Bucky, unlike the way he's fought in the uh, other two episodes, he he's fighting with the ferocity of the Winter Soldier. And then Sam kind of looks at him and says, you okay? Like he actually was concerned that he snapped back. Um, but there's a swerve, you know, that's a swerve. He's, mm-hmm. he's fine. But also the swerve of the constant fear that Baron Zemo would betray Bucky and uh, and Sam. Did you get the sense of that? Like every every turn, it was like, oh, here's where he'll do his fate. He's he's gonna do his heel turn here. Yeah. Oh, That's here he's gonna do his heel turn here. And yeah. I, they must have done it like three or four times throughout that episode. Um, yeah, especially when he put on his mask. Um, mm-hmm. because like that's how he presents himself in the comics is with the the mask and uh uh i thought when he put when he put that on then he was going to also like when when he was wearing that mask like um you know he was he because he, he was kind of comic like a bit comic relief uh through through parts of the of the episode but then like when they were fighting in that sort of like shipyard with all the all the containers and stuff he was he was brutal like he he beat the he he beat the the crap out of uh well straight up killed like a, a bunch of a bunch of goons um and he was wearing the mask and i said all right this is where baron zemo you know proclaims that he is you know he's got an evil agenda or whatever but yeah it didn't happen yep and i i, I hope they don't i hope they don't keep going with that in the next episodes or however long he's in the show like i kind of like him being the you know, pure neutral character, but with a code. Mm, yeah. You know, because, because he, he, he must in one way, shape, you know, he knows that Bucky broke him out of jail. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they kind of have a, 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 a common uh, thing of getting rid of the, the super soldiers, right? Because that's what happened in, at civil war. Not only was Baron's task was to kind of break up the Avengers was he was also, trying to end the uh, super soldier program of mm-hmm. hydra right mm-hmm. yeah um, for sure i mean they don't have to like like you know as as they've proven with the with the way that they've done the scrolls before like they can do their own thing so like if they want to keep baron's baron zima as uh, as you say so like a neutral or maybe you know yeah like 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 someone who you know has you know has friends on both sides is useful to both sides kind of thing. There's no reason why they have to make him like a, a full blown villain. They can do whatever they want with them. So it will be interesting to see, mm-hmm. to see what they do. But this is the first time that you, cause I remember like when he was in, uh, when they introduced him in civil war, he was like a, you know, he lost his family in the, in the Sokovia, um, like the, the Sokovia catastrophe. And I, I you remember like him living in in like a pretty modestly I, I can't remember if they showed it or if the way he was describing it it seemed to be a fairly modestly appointed sort of situation but now it's revealed that he's uh royalty and uh, is independently wealthy so i think he's got a bit of an unreliable narrator vibe going as well so mm. yeah it'll be interesting to see what no no i i don't remember but in civil war they he does not use the mask right he doesn't right. use the comic book um uh costume quote unquote right okay okay I, I i was trying to think back i was gonna look at the episode you're right he he at the end of civil war he comes off a bit sympathetic even though he had done all these 
bad things or revealed all these bad things he he was going to commit suicide and then uh black panther stops him right and mm-hmm. says the, the living is not, are not finished with you so it's interesting to kind of see this side of him where you know he's like this you know underground dude with a reputation right yeah he's got money wealthy. he's got contacts he's got all all that kind of and and he's got a bit of swagger too like he, i don't remember him having having any swagger whatsoever in civil war but uh are you are you are you are you referring to his dance sequence during he, Sharon's he, he party? Does, he does he does cut a, he does cut a little bit of rug. <laughs> um, I uh, I also found one thing that kind of uh, maybe maybe it's not awkward. I think I think it was just awkward because of the way um, the new Captain America was introduced, where he's in that locker room and he's kind of showing a bit of South doubt, but now he's a complete jackass, right? Mm-hmm. Which is great. Cause that's what you kind of want, right? You don't want him to be captain America. So I thought I, I kind of looked back and I said, what was the whole point of kind of showing him kind of being that vulnerable guy, unsure about doing the job. And now he's just a, a complete jerk. Um, that, that I mean, didn't kind of sit well. Like, like, I think that self doubt could still be a motivator for him. Maybe why he's a bit of a jerk. Maybe he's his his whole thing is he'll never feel, um, you know, he'll never feel like he's go- going to going to be like Steve Rogers. So he's got to sort of carve his own his own his own sort of path. Yeah. But, well, they made they made sure of that with that scene where they they break into that uh, that computer safe house where like the. the the super soldiers were hanging out in right like he 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 shows like a really sadistic streak during yeah. that that scene yeah yeah i think so i think um i don't know i think i think we'll see in a couple of uh episodes what they do with that character i mean it's got potential i think i think you're right though as well like it's got he, he also has um you know you 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 want to root against him, so maybe it's better that he just like goes goes full full asshole for the for the rest of the show. Um, mm. Maybe they'll maybe they'll find a way to bring back that uh, that first scene in the locker room and ma- and make it make sense. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, like I said, that it's it just seems kind of yeah, at this stage kind of interesting why they would do that, but. Um... So it's interesting. So they they talk about the power broker character. So far, that's like the evil baddie because that was the person that hired the the one doctor who's now dead to recreate the serum. Yeah. And, so, and that's who are, and, who's and chasing. Still, still, sort of a shadowy. Yeah, in the and, and that's the type, and the, that's the group that's chasing uh, Carly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, still looking forward to the episode. So, oh, sorry, one more thing. So this is the episode they reintroduced uh, Sharon from mm-hmm. uh, Sharon Carter, right? Yeah. Uh, so she's been in the underground and they, she luckily saves them. She has that great line where she goes, I saved your ass from his ass while he was chasing your ass or something like that. <laughs> because that, that was, uh, it made totally sense. It made total sense, right? Because all three of them, or all, all those characters were all in Civil War. So mm-hmm. that's um, right, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a quite... And, and I, I think this, this TV show is also a great 
uh, well, I guess compared to WandaVision, the uh, probably the best follow up to Endgame. Oh, I should also include Spider-Man, uh, the second Spider-Man movie, where these are the you know MCU type movies and shows after Endgame, and this is the one that kind of truly feels like this is what should happen right after. You know, the world's in kind of a weird, unstable shape, and you're kind of bringing all of these characters that, um, you know, we didn't see during Endgame, but they were obviously still around, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's true. I think, like, um, you know, WandaVision, I think touched a little bit on it, but this is the first one that's you know talked about how destabilizing losing half of the world's population and then having half the world's population return has been, uh, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, a obviously a question that, that you'd like to, you'd like to see addressed. So yeah, that, that is a, a, an interesting point of the show for sure. Yeah. Uh, so looking forward to the episode that's, uh, coming out this week. Um, continue the adventure. I, 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 I do like, um, I, I I'm enjoying kind of the, the format that they're doing with the TV shows. Um, obviously, Vaughn and this show are vastly different. I'm not going to compare the two because uh, one thing I wanted to bring up was the the next show that's coming out. They issued a I guess a full blown trailer that's available on Disney Plus right now. You can watch is for Loki, mm-hmm. um, and that looks that looks fantastic. And again, you can almost just see just from the trailer like this is a, a third different story <laughs> like vastly different in all shapes or forms so Loki uh, doing doing clerical work <laughs> there's there, there's a lot of that in the trailer did you get to see the trailer <laughs> yeah was, oh yeah yeah it was uh, it was it was entertaining the trailer for sure yeah so um but that one is going to be more like Thor Ragnarok where they can just do like the most insane things because they're not confined to you know the laws of earth <laughs> yeah it should be pretty it should be pretty cool i'm looking forward to that one yeah. and and the return of sif who yeah most notably did not get murdered by hella during uh or or in uh in ragnarok or i guess by thanos at the beginning of uh of infinity yeah War. that care that character she was in thor one and two right yes but then yeah then then the character kind of disappeared now she, the actress that plays her has her own tv show she's in that um uh spy thriller tv show uh whoa geez the the name escapes me uh jamie alexander is the is the actress right mm-hmm. that's right uh black orchid is that the show that she's in uh Maybe. I don't know. I think, I don't I think know. so. Um, but yeah, who knows? But looking forward to it. Uh, it's one thing at a time, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but to close out the show, we, uh, I want to kind of bring something up for our video games uh, uh, section. This is, this is an old review that I found on the internet for, <laughs> <laughs> for Xbox entitled A Pox on Xbox. It's oddly enough written by you. Yep. Uh, and and if I'm not mistaken, I believe when I wrote it, I had yet to try the Xbox. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so but, you wrote it more uh, like a, 
you wrote it more like a comedy piece. Uh, and uh, I, I love how you're comparing uh, the the Xbox and uh, to to PlayStation Two. And uh, in the first, your first line was saying, you know, I've seen you know I've seen pictures of the Xbox and it looks crappy. Come on, it just looks like looks big and slow not like the svelte streamlined sexy playstation 2 you can tell by its chic appearance um and the fact that it is at home sitting both horizontally and vertically that on any entertainment center shelf that the ps2 is an elegant high performance machine by comparison a machine as clunky as the xbox must be half the processing power and half the polygon output you know what you probably aren't that um far off because it was, it was you, big and clunky it was like i remember seeing it going how is this how is this going to sell it, you know it had a huge following and it still does but man it was like you're right you know even then um yeah it was it was it was weird that um uh you know they went with that style of console just so massive and and if you read like the penny arcade comics back in the day they were constantly making fun of the controller like the controller was like was like sort of like a ridiculous you know almost almost like a dangerous dan's like coronary sized controller Mm -hmm. um yeah so they learned their lesson and they went with uh, a, a much more uh streamlined look for the xbox 360 although they because the, the, i did have a 360 and i remember the power supply was freaking massive so they, they couldn't they, they had to, they always have to have at least one thing that's like ridiculously large I, I i recently hooked up my xbox 360 just to get updates and i haven't put it away and it too has that giant power supply external power supply and i i had problems just trying to figure out how i can place everything so it doesn't make my living room look yeah. that bad i did I like the xbox 360's controller and and i used it up until very recently uh it's yeah it's it it, it works it works well but i i love uh, one of my favorite things about the article that That's you wrote right. many moons ago and i i have to find the date on it i'm, I'm kind of curious at how old this article is that you wrote but anyways next week i will review the GameCube from industry newcomers, Nintendo. Will they have what it takes to challenge Sony? The most established vid- the most established name in video games? I predict another zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the Xbox or the uh, the GameCube, sorry. I did like the GameCube. Yeah, I, I, I think I still have one. I, I, I think it might actually be in this basement or it might be at the cottage where old video game systems go to die, but it's the one system that I, I've I have yet to you know connect and really interested in playing it. I think I bought it originally for Resident Evil, one of the Resident Evils, maybe number four. Yeah, it had a really like uh, in addition to sort of like obviously the standard Nintendo uh, you know IPs, it had a, a really good. Canadian developed um, exclusive called Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which was like a a sort of like eldritch horror type of game that took that took that took a uh, took place across like the span of human history, 
and you're dealing with all these like you know um lovecraftian gods and stuff like that mm -hmm. it was it was really really good and then the company that made it uh kind of sealed their own fate when they made the ill-fated two human game for the xbox 360 i don't know if you remember the debacle around that game but uh uh silicon silicon knights were they called something like that mm -hmm. but yeah yeah the gamecube had some had some funky games on it man yeah, no, no. Um, in fact, I, I have the uh, uh, a special controller for the Switch, and it is based on the GameCube controller. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's like Pokemon uh, branded on it. It is a, it is a proper Nintendo controller. I uh, I, I did a, a barter trade for another collectible and. Uh, she works at EB Games, and she asked me if there was something that I could use. And I just and uh, little man was looking for like a external controller for uh, the uh, Switch. So we thought, okay, this looks kind of cool. Now, now you got me interested in maybe hooking it up. I am off next week, so maybe I'll I will hook up the GameCube and see what I've got. I don't even know what games I still own for it, but I'll have to take a look. I got a few. But Okay, maybe I'll have to hit you, maybe I'll have to hit you up on that. <laughs> Any case, we're out of time this week. Thank you again, Curtis. And you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're in Apple Podcasts. You can give us a little uh, rating, a little comment. Always appreciate it. But most importantly, hit that subscribe button and you can catch us each week. So just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Pandemic, it's not looking from home.